writing in a quaint, countrified sort of way, but the front door was, alas, locked and no lights shone. Darcy got out, shook and rattled the front door, then came back to the motor car in disgust, brushing the snow from his jacket. Stupid licensing hours, Darcy muttered as he put the motor car into gear again. Why can't we be like France and Italy and let everyone drink all night if they want to? Because we don't want half the population blind, drunk, and unable to work, I suppose. He snorted at this. Do you see them all blind, drunk on the continent? I suppose they grow up used to it, and they drink wine rather than beer and whiskey. Wine is supposed to be good for you, and they don't work as hard as we do. Drive past any café in France, and you'll see men sitting around with glasses of wine in the middle of the morning. They just don't take life seriously. How come you're always so damned rational and composed? He snapped. Anyone would think you didn't want to elope with me. He stopped and turned sharply to look at me. You do want to, don't you? I never actually asked you. The question caught me by surprise. Did I want to? Wasn't I worried about what my royal relatives would say? Hadn't I looked forward to the long white dress and veil all my life? Then I looked at Darcy. Even in the darkness of the motor car, he was so handsome, and I loved him so much. Of course I do, I said. You hesitated before you answered me, he replied. Only because I'm too cold to make my mouth move. I could warm it up for you, he said. He reached behind my head and drew me toward him, kissing me long and hard. Right, he said when we broke apart a little breathlessly. Let's find somewhere to spend the night before we both end up frozen to death. We drove on, hoping to see at least a village close to the road. I think we must have been almost back as far as York when we finally found any sign of human habitation, at least humans who might be still awake. This was also a pub, a little off the road and by a railway crossing, The sign, swinging in the blizzard-like wind, said, The Drowning Man, and showed a hand coming out of a pond. Hardly encouraging, Darcy said dryly, but at least a light is still burning, and hopefully someone is still awake. He opened the driver's side door, letting in a great flurry of snow, then wrestled the wind to close it hurriedly before running across to the pub. I peered through the snow-clad windscreen, watching him. He knocked, waited, and to my relief, the door finally opened, letting out a band of light across the snow. Darcy seemed to be having a prolonged conversation, during which the other person could be seen peering at me. Then he marched back to the car. For a horrible moment, I thought he was going to say that they had nothing available and that we'd have to drive on but instead he came around to my door and opened it for me. They appear to have rooms, hardly the most welcoming of places from what I can see, but it's really a case of any part in a storm. He took my hand and led me through the snow to the building. I was going to say the warmth of the building, but in truth it wasn't much warmer than the motor car had been. One naked bulb hung in a hallway, and an uncarpeted stair disappeared into darkness. Caught in the storm, were you? the innkeeper asked. 
Now that we could see her, I noticed that she was a big-boned cart-horse of a woman with little darting eyes in a pudgy, heavy-jowled face. I shot a swift glance at Darcy, praying he wouldn't make a facetious comment along the lines that we were actually heading for the Riviera and took a wrong turn. We were heading for Scotland, but the road is closed, I said before he could answer. Ah, we heard that on the wireless, she said. Reckon it will take days, don't they? So, you'll be wanting a room, then? We will, Darcy said. Have just the one room, she said. The others are occupied. You are a married couple, I take it. And she gave us a hard stare, trying to see a wedding ring through my gloves, I suspected. Of course, Darcy said briskly. Mr. and Mrs. Chumley Fanshaw, that's spelled Featherston Ha, by the way. I fought back a desire to giggle. She